Hello, wrestling fans. This is Quint Charisma. Hey, that's me, and I'm with Jeremiah Plunkett. Hello, everybody, and this is the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast, and by golly, we are geared up and ready to go. Ain't that right, Quint? That's right, JP. We got us a, the um, February 14th, 1987 CWA Memphis TV show. It's, as always, it's the Evansville feed, so it would have been taped in Memphis on... February 7th, 87. Uh, this is our seventh show. We're trucking on along. <laughs> and happy Valentine's Day to everybody in, uh, in Evansville at this time, apparently. <laughs> oh, I bet the, the boys were happy on Valentine's Day. <laughs> they were getting a lot oh, of... Oh, yeah. Hey, they, uh, that, was, uh, that was good times, man, because back then the rats were, real, were still good. So the boys didn't have to pay for nothing for about a week there, you know? There you go. Yep. Good times back then. I expect to see some new tights from the boys on the next episode and all <laughs> sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So the show, we get the regular music the intro and everything. We'll go to the, it cuts to Lance and Dave at the desk and they start going down the um, show lineup. I didn't even write down the show lineup. Did you, did you catch what, what they were talking about? Yeah, I did. They just they didn't they didn't announce any matches. They just yeah. announced the talent we'd have on on the show. But uh, Lance really put over the international feud of the Fads and Sheep Herders. Talked about Bubba and Goliath, Jarrett and Travis, Hunter and Bambi, Boy Tony, Tarzan Goto, Pat Tanaka, and much more. Plus a taped interview from Jerry Lawler because I guess they didn't want to try that phone again because Lance seemed really irritated. Yeah, the um, telephone call didn't work too good. Um, they did them. They did them all the time down there in Memphis um, at the studio. They usually worked out pretty good, but um, that one, Lance, just yeah, he he um he didn't look too happy there. <laughs> no, yeah, because they had Yep, yep, definitely. All right, so we're going to the show in the. Um, First match is uh, Billy Travis and Jeff Jarrett against uh, Keith Roberson and Mike James. Um, on the graphic, it didn't say headhunters, but they had uh, either Lance or Dave mentioned that they were called the headhunters because they had it on the trunks. Um, I noticed one thing. Did you notice the music was spliced in again for Jarrett and Travis? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely paid attention this time to that. And yeah, the crowd was going crazy, but you couldn't hear a bit uh, any of them. Mm -hmm. uh, Notorious built the studio. Yeah. I, uh, to go off what you said about the headhunters, though, uh, it, it was funny because Dave had a bit of shade when he brought that up, too. He's <laughs> like, well, I guess Roberson and James are uh, trying to be known as the headhunters now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few times that Lance and Dave threw, threw some shade in this episode. It was hilarious. Yeah, he, um, like, I didn't want to mention it, but, you know. <laughs> It's just one of those things, you know. But I don't know. The um, I mean, they get you know they Robertson all you know. Well, he just started there, but now later on, he you know he did you know he's still job, but they he would get a lot of stuff in so through the years. But the yeah, I mean, they they got a jump start, did it? Yeah, this go around. Yeah, yeah. That's what I got. Um, 
Yeah, they jumped him. And, uh... <laughs> at one point in the match, did you see where Ro Roberson tripped over Travis? And Travis on the... Oh, my God. Yeah, to break, break, up, the, break up the pin, kicked him, and then fell on his butt. I was like, perfect athlete. I will say right after the jump start, the jump start just to go into a double sunset flip spot. Mm -hmm. And I have a note on there. I go, we got the Billy Travis sunset flip. I I'm done. Yeah. I could have ended it right there. And I'd have been like, Billy Travis sunset, that's all we need. But yeah, <laughs> yeah they jumped him in it. And, but when, <laughs> when he fell, man, I just kept laughing. Because my thing is... Oh, I rewound it at least three or four times. That's great. Another thing is, you know, they're, you know, they're indie guys, you know, and they're, they're like all, a lot of those guys that... You know, come up here and uh, uh, do the jobs up there. You know, they they worked indies around you know Mississippi, Arkansas, and stuff. And um, so you know they get on there and they they got their you know headhunter tights on and their 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 uh, bootleg um, uh, Bruiser Brody bootleg Brodies Bruiser Brody bootleg, bootleg boot covers and. Um, so, you know, then they, you know, they come over here to do something and do fouls over Travis right in the middle of the <laughs> I was like, well, if you was thinking you're just going to get a job today, it ain't happening. <laughs> now, as unaccordant as they are, though, Billy especially, Billy and Jeff both, but Billy especially really came to work today because he was hitting all sorts of stuff. Doing some really good wrestling. Hit yeah. that big, nice turnaround crossbody from the middle. Yep. Yeah, the old. Uh, uh, they were running some good high spots. Yeah, he hit the old. Good uh, a lot of people call it the, the around here the Dundee crossbody. Yeah, that was. He it was, was like, way better than a Dundee crossbody. I know, but I'm saying that Dundee back in the '70s, that was like the first one to do it around here. And he did. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, but it's way better than Bill's. Oh yeah, but so a lot of people call it the Dundee crossbody. So. Yeah, then he hit the uh, uh, hit, hit the. Uh, the Billy Bomb, and um, the highest Billy Bomb that I think we've seen. Yeah, he he, he got he, almost almost straight up and down. It was nice. Yeah, he actually he came to work. He definitely did. He um he felt good that morning. So um, <laughs> I, I did notice there was a there was a high spot that uh, Roberson ran with Jeff, a little tackle drop down spot, and it was the lightest shoulder tackle ever. And yes. again, Dave throws some shade. Yeah, Dave even Dave mentioned goes, it. Not a very good one. I know, it's what Dave said. I'm sort uh, laughing. <laughs> and, then, and then Dave didn't say anything about this, but I caught it. He took the worst arm drag bump. Just straight over to the side. I like wooden foot the, never left I don't know if it's the worst. I think I, might, I took a few. It's on the, it could probably be called that. But yeah, for TV, yeah, it, it, it didn't look too good. <laughs> Because the quality, you know, it's kind of hard. Sometimes it, it's kind of, you know. Yeah, Memphis Wrestling was not HD. Yeah. Well, that the, this um, um, there's no times what generation that that this stuff was, uh, what tape this come off from. Um, the yeah. it looks probably about like a fourth generation uh, VCR dub. So, um, 
And what sucks is, man, at one time I had a lot of this 87 stuff. And um, so it would have been first first, uh, first generation. But, yeah, it looks like about fourth generation um, dubbed off. And um, um, i trying to think what I was going to say. I think that's about it on that match, wasn't it? Um, the, the oh, only the other, drop uh, kick, the finish. The finish. Yeah, the double drop kick, all our Rock and Roll Express. Well, but yeah, it really wasn't though, because it was really bad uh, double drop kick. Because Jeff got him with like one leg, one foot, like maybe lower chest, upper belly. <laughs> I mean, it was awkward looking. Now Billy got up there and got him good, but you can tell they've um, they have never did a double drop kick. Probably if they have, haven't been many, because um, they're like Jeff was. Was trying to get up and I guess he, I think he was afraid he's going to hit Billy, so he kind of, yeah, it, it looked really bad. Awkward looking. In fairness, I think a lot of people look at Ricky and Robert's double drop kick through the eyes of nostalgia. Mm hmm. Because it was not the best drop, double drop no, kick no, either. No, it wasn't. But it was Ricky and Robert's. So. Um, <laughs> One thing we didn't uh, mention, though, we, we continued the, uh, and we continue it later in this show, too, of the job guys not taking really good clothesline bumps and dying because of it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> man, they got murdered. There's a lot of them that seem like it does it on there, don't uh, Jim James. Yeah, later in the show, there's a lot of murders. Jim James is the worst at it. Well, the best of the worst, uh, if you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, the, be the best for us to watch, the, the worst yeah. for his neck. Yeah, definitely. So then after the finish and the, um, uh, Jared Travis, they walk over to the, um, to Lance for a stand-up interview. And, uh, they, uh, start talking about Bubba and Goliath and everything, and then they show a clip. Uh, Bubba Live jumping in. Was that from the week before when they did the? Oh, yeah, yeah. When they, when they did the color job, um, yeah. I, I did like how they they went to start the interview and Lance notices that Jeff is blown up. Yeah. So he said, "I'll let you catch your breath. Let's go to this interview." Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's supposed <laughs> that way, but if but if it wasn't, that was a beautiful job of Lance protecting the talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with um. Jeff being green at talking, so if, especially if he's blowed up, he'd really, you know, it really probably wouldn't have been too good. <laughs> you know? but, we, but we come back from the video, and Jeff has got his breath, and he has a pretty yeah. decent promo, yeah. and, and, and then he pitches to Travis, and Travis gets his words in, and he's a little more fired up than Jeff, and it's, it's not too shabby. No. It's cool to watch two greats start coming along, two guys who are known as good talkers. Yeah later in their career we're watching them develop that and I thought that's really really cool yeah that was it's a lot better than the the one from last week where they did the on the Evansville match plug in um where Travis got stumbled over his words he did a lot better this week yeah a lot better alright then they cut to break and it goes to the Evansville run card rundown for uh February 18th 1987 uh, Lance standing there, he, he says, uh, goes run down, says three main event matches, seven matches in all. He says, uh, international title match, a loser eats cake match, and Island Rich, um, versus Lawler and Bockwinkle. Okay. 
This is what I got a problem with. My whole thing, I guess actually, should I go into it now or should I go into it when they, later in the, I'll just go into it later in the, um, when they did the Lawler interview. Uh, so they, um, yeah. and I noticed, and then they scrolled across the bottom of the, the screen and said, added match, Jimmy Superfly Snooker versus the Spoiler, $1 increase in price. <laughs> So then, but I mean, you know, Superfly Snooker was a huge star. You know what I mean? So I could see them having to do the dollar increase, but, you know, they, they, listen, they've been giving them everything for the same price, yeah. so it doesn't shock me that they're finally going to raise the price. But my thing is, though, did they need Snooker? They finally have Lawler going against Richard Idol. Do you really need to bring a Snooker in? Probably not, but man, if there wasn't a guarantee a sellout, you know, why, I guess why not? Um, I will say when he first announced the loser eats a cake match, I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Luckily, toward the end of this local promo, we get a little clarification. Yeah, because uh, Jared and Travis come in, do the match plug. Uh, they're carrying a cake, and um, they start talking about the cake and everything. I've... My whole thing is, I guess, was it, I kind of was a little, I don't know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, um, trying to figure out why the babyfaces want to have a cake match when they put Bruno's head in, is it because he, after they, when they jumped and everything, after they put Bruno's face in it, because he ran over and smushed cake in their face a little bit? Because, that, that's the loosest, but... Most sensical way I can put it together. Yeah, I figured it out, and I don't know. It just, but yeah, they they um they had the cake there, and Lance was Lance was like, well, good looking cake, you know, <laughs> and then they then Billy says we got special ice, and he holds up that bottle of X Lax, and um, you can tell it's the eighties because um, nowadays they couldn't hold up a. a um, Think of X likes with um with all oh, yeah, oh, oh yeah, they don't wanna they wanna get that advertising. Yeah. That free advertising. So that's yeah. X Blacks in there. Well after post I, I put on there I, I go, Jared and Travis get the interview to explain that it, it'll be an X Lax cake and I, just in parentheses I put this is weird. Yeah, it just The eighties Memphis, man. Eighties Memphis. Yeah. Alright, so they cut they cut back to um a studio with Lance. He's doing the stand-up interview with Bruno Bubba and Goliath. And, um, basically, they just talk. Then they talk about the, they talk about the cake, didn't they? Oh, it's the stand-up interview. Yeah, for, for, the, for the most part. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't. I didn't like most Bruno interviews. A lot of words, but not a lot of substance. Yeah. Uh, I think he said, "Let me tell you something about nine hundred and seventy-two times." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's looking like a bootleg Polly in his tie, a tie and baseball cap. Um, I did notice Lance fires up on uh, on Bruno a few times, which is great. Because, you know, Lance didn't fire up on all the heels. No. You know what I mean? Most times you just let him talk, and he'd be like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he fired up on Bruno, and, and, and probably because if it was real, Lance could look Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If they got into it, Lance would beat the tar out of Bruno. Yep. Um, 
I, I enjoyed Bruno calling Jarrett and uh, Billy Travis skinny. It, it's tremendous. And he had some decent lines. Uh, Jeff Jarrett's so skinny, he goes swimming in a water hose. Yeah. And if you put Billy Travis on a fur hat, you use him as a Q-tip. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, hey, I'll take Finn shaming any day because it beats his racist remarks. And I thought that's all we were going to get. Yeah. Well, that later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, like I said, it had a couple of, you know, little funny things in it. But, um, so they go to the ring. Yeah, for, for, that's the thing about Bruno's promos, though. They're just like, there's not a lot of substance to yeah. No. It's a lot of cheap heat. Yeah, yeah. Basically, big on the cheap. Basically, yeah, it's cheap heat. Maybe that's all he's he can get, though, because, I mean, really, you got two monsters and then, you know, is uh, I don't know. But, yeah, <laughs> this is basically, yeah, his normal um, interview without the racial slurs. So, they go to the ring. It's Bub and Goliath going against Jim Jameson and John Paul. Uh, Jerry Gohan is a referee again. <clears throat> I put on here basically the same match they've had the last two weeks. They just beat the crap out of the guys for about five or six minutes, and that's four minutes too long. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Like, so I always get really excited when I see John Paul, but I hate seeing him in spots like this because, like, I've seen that John Paul can go. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like on TV it's a waste of him. Um, there, there was a weird spot where John Paul backed Big Bubba into a corner. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. No, I saw that. Yes, yeah, that made no um, sense at all. But but it led to one of my favorite things in old Southern wrestling. You got a big guy; he's complaining about something. Little guy, foot stop, foot stop, drop, drop kick. Big guy bumps. That's yeah. tremendous. I always like that. Yeah. Um, and, and you can tell that like there's, there's definitely a degree of underneath talent here mm, because yeah. like they sell for John Paul. Yeah, yeah. Jim Jameson comes in. It's death. Yeah. I really want to put over, though, how Bubba looked amazing. Hey. Like, he's he's solid. He's got a huge chest. He's got that Scott Norton chest. Yeah. And he's really coming into his own as a wrestler. Yeah, he's, he's really getting, yeah, he's getting some, you know, a lot of, you know, he's getting more experience, you know, working at Memphis Loop, you know. You know, six and seven Goliath minutes. just doesn't seem it doesn't seem to be coming to him for some reason. I, I think he's he still I, looks like a giant baby in the ring. I just think, you know, he's he's uh, you know, um, Bubba had more experience, you know, working Texas and everything. So he, you know, so I'm thinking that um, I think this is what from my you know most I've seen Goliath might might have a year experience maybe working independence, you know. Small independents up north, like in Pennsylvania and stuff. So I don't, I, you know. So there, there's a lot, you know. Um, so Bubba had a lot more experience, and where he was working at, better talent. You know what I'm saying? So I, and I just think Goliath, he just, he's just really, really green. So Goliath was actually from the Pennsylvania area I, with Bruno and all that, whereas Bubba, they just brought in. From what I remember, he, he was working read, territory. From what I remember reading in uh, one of them, uh, was it Norman Keitzer things? I think they said that it was Bruno, uh, uh, Soul Train Jones, and Goliath all was from that area up there. I want to say... And that, that was just an independent area. It wasn't no, actual like, no, territory. No, no, no. no. 
That's what I'm saying. So he didn't have, you know, if if that's the case, if that's right, really where he was from, yeah, he wasn't working maybe once a week, once every two weeks or something. Whereas Bubba and Texas All Star was working at least three to four nights at least, you know, and doing TV. So, right. Uh, we tag in, we finally get done with John Paul and tag in Jameson, and it's time for murder. Yep. <laughs> Two clotheslines from Bubba on Jameson. I, I thought he was done. <laughs> um, and it, 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 it was really GMSI after that, just get my stuff in. And the ending just came merciful. It was a merciful ending. Uh, Big Bubba leg drop, which was beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Great leg drop, followed by Goliath splash. That was not too much. Goliath just couldn't. It wasn't jump. bad, but like after that leg drop, ended on that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so they cut to the break. They go back to um, Evansville rundown. Um, Lance runs down. Now we get the whole card. Lance runs down. Says <clears throat> this is seven matches. Uh, record price and uh, scroller scrolls back. Uh, increasing record prices. Scrolls on the uh, thing again. I, I didn't notice that. Did, did Lance say regular price at first? I can't remember. Yeah, he did. He said regular prices in the scroller. I'm, uh, someone that cut this, because they had to add snooker in, I think that's when they bumped the dollar. Because he said regular yeah. prices, and then the scroller come, starts coming. But uh, <clears throat> So he goes down the car, gets a whole seven matches. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry about that. It says Goto versus Alan West. Uh, Mr. Rising Sun... Versus Roy Lee Welch. So Roy Lee Welch is back, but still hasn't been on TV. So that was kind of odd. Uh, Who's Mr. Rising Sun? Do you have any idea? It's Shima. And I, it looked to me, what, I, mean, I said it's hard to really Wait, tell. She, like Shima Rising. is in AEW right now? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I was like, that dude's that old? No. Uh, Rising, Rising Sun, Mr. Shima. He looked... He look, uh, he looked like uh, Sato to me. <laughs> That's where he was. Okay. I'm excited about you. Know, it's kind of hard to tell on the thing, but it looked like it was. It looked like Sato to me. I don't know. I need to look and see what that. You know that. Then it was uh, Boy Tony versus Pat Tanaka. Uh, then it's that'll John, be a good one. Then Jonathan Boyd versus Paul Diamond. That'll uh, be fun. And then they have a international title match, the Hunter. Versus Salt Train Jones. Then we had the Loser Eats a Cake match with Bubba and Goliath versus Travis and Jarrett for the belts, for the tag belts. And then uh, the main event is Idle and Rich versus Lawler and Bockwinkle. So then they cut back to the studio of Lance doing the Senate interview. Jonathan Boyd. Um, is there with a different? It looks like he's had it's a different uh, Cobra shirt on. I think it's got different sleeve colored sleeves on his Cobra shirt on this one. Well, I, I believe the other one was red, and this one was black. So yeah. in my mind, he has a full closet of Cobra shirts, and I support that <laughs> because that shirt is awesome. Yeah, as I, I was looking at, it, I was like, when I was watching, it's like, hey, he's got another coat, different color one. So then, so Boyd starts to plug a match called the Ultimate Mid South Massacre match. With the sheep herders and the fabs, um, my whole thing is this: this angle cannot get any. I can't get no uh, traction. 
because when the guys are only there once every couple weeks, um, it, it, it hurts it, you know? So I don't know. I mean, to me, I wouldn't even have it because it it's, to me, you're wasting it. If you can't do it every week and have TV with it, to me, you're wasting your, um, you know, wasting a, a good, hot, uh, you know, program, you know. Uh, so Boyd goes to explain the match. Um, it's similar to an Australian rules football match, which I love doing those. Um, but he talked about a rugby match with penalty boxes, with uh, Diamond being in one penalty box, Boyd being another penalty box. Have you ever seen uh, the Australian rules football match? I, I've seen clips of one, and I've, I've had other people try to explain them to me, and they sound like the most convoluted. I think you may have even tried to explain it to me. And it sounded like the most convoluted thing. However, I will say that Boyd did a great job of explaining the match. Yes, yes he did. It's like super job because, like I said, uh, even I believe you had tried to explain it to me before, and I didn't. It just sounded like there's so many moving parts. But Boyd did such a good job, and not just it wasn't like he was just sitting there reading off the rules. He was doing it with fire. Yes, and it all made sense. It, it, it was a great promo that accomplished so many things, like furthered the angle, got over how you know how dangerous it could be if you know one guy got the key and the other guy didn't. Yeah. You know they're going to have ball bats with them, and then. He, he got that over, and while explaining the rules of the match, because it is kind of a confusing match. Like, yes. if you went out into that match with no explanation, the crowd's going to be like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, so, they, it seemed like they were big around in the South. Um, I did, I've been in a couple of them. I said, they're fun, because you really got to do nothing. You just got to uh, act like you can't catch a football <laughs> when the fans throw it to you. And, um... Okay, so the fans are involved? Yes. Okay, yeah. so I, I didn't know that. I thought they were just going to act like the ball's greased and everyone's going for the ball and losing it, losing it, losing it. Finally, somebody gets it well, unlocked. Yeah, but it, gets knocked out of, yeah but it gets knocked out of the ring all the time. And, like, you, th- you go to throw it, you know, it just it, it gets knocked around. It gets out to the crowd. always gets out to the crowd. Um, okay, I didn't know the fans were involved, so that brings it another level, and that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, at... The Coliseum being so, you know, they're quite a distance back. I don't know how far the ball would get knocked out. Uh, but, you know, like in the, you know, like around here, you know, the towns that I worked, you know, we did it in, you know, the crowds were on top of you. So when it'd get knocked out, the crowd, you know, and I remember uh, I seen one at the sports arena in Nashville um, one year. And, yeah, it, it got, you know, because it was the seats were close. Uh, but yeah, it'd get knocked out to the fans and they'd kind of throw it to the baby faces and the baby faces would always, you know, he would, you know, get it. As soon as they'd get it, the, you know, the heel would get it. I mean, it was just, it, it, the fans loved it because they, they got to be part of it, you know. But being in the midst, I yeah. call Sam, I don't know how much um, the fans got involved in it because like I said, because the ringside was so far back there, the other towns that were right on top of you, so, you know, you could involve them, so... Uh, and like I said, I like doing because you don't have to do much. <laughs> so, so do you think they, <laughs> of course, work, hard, work smarter, not harder. Um, so do you think they renamed it the Ultimate Mid-South Massacre just because there was so much heat already yes. built into the angle? 
Yeah, especially they, they couldn't just say the, they couldn't just say you know rugby foot rugby massacre match yeah. or whatever. They well, had, it, uh, and then you know last the you know the last match they had you know uh, Steve Kern about killed one of them when, um, if he were you know the when he went to swing and he ducked and hit the remember the we talked about the the yeah so yeah it was I think all that you know but like I said it, it just sucks that. You know, if I think if they could have did it every week, had TV every week, I think they could have popped the 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 territory with it. But being off and well, on, without, without Lawler even yeah, being there, yeah, being off and on, it just it's it, you can't do it, man. You know, so yeah. Uh, so then they uh, cut to the Fabs. They do a little uh, interview, uh, basically going up. And it's Steve does all talking. Stan stood there and didn't say a word the whole time. And man, the fads look classic. So this is all obviously the fads trying to be more manly and less sex symbol. Yeah. Steve has almost a buzz cut mullet. Yeah, it is. And, it and is. Stan has his, his stepdad mustache and yeah. a pirate shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, but man, Steve cuts a Steve cuts a hell of a promo. Yeah, he's, he talks good. Yeah, he was fired up and. I think they can try to get where Stan was just so mad he wouldn't, you know, he's just sitting there like, just, he didn't have to say anything, you see his expression. I got you what I got out of it. You know, he didn't say a word, but he's letting Steve cut the problem. He's just sitting there fire, you know, just so mad he can't talk, you know? Yeah, and they cut it off right after Steve says Memphis Coliseum because obviously this is the Evansville yeah. feed. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, the, um, so they cut back to the uh, studio, and it goes straight. It's right the the ring shot when when they cut back. It's uh, Bambi. I mean Bambi, <laughs> the Hunter with Bambi versus David Johnson, uh, referees Calhoun. Uh, all I got here was quick match, total squash. Uh, he got his uh, nice uh, uh, power slam in there. Everything was like I said, quick. Everything what he does, everything that Hunter does is good, crisp. Looks good. Solid. So, um... That's there, there's a couple things I noticed. Uh, Hunter comes out yelling, Royley Welch is going down Monday night. I didn't even so notice I, that. I, I don't think... Yeah, yeah, he came out... As he's at ringside about to get in, he, he's yelling it at Lance. And I'm sitting here thinking, this is taped for numerous towns. Yeah. So I don't know why you would do that. Uh, I noticed Hunter is out of the green. He's into the black. And it looks way better. Yeah, the green is, is no didn't. No, it's, it's just. It, it was too. I think it was too bright of a green, maybe. Yeah. Um. And also, I was this David Johnson's debut on Memphis TV. Do you remember seeing him any other time before? I think he's been there once before. I think. Well, I, I just thought it was really nice of his mom to embroider David on the back of his yeah. trunks. That was really sweet <laughs> for his TV debut. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's really nothing uh, nothing else to the match. Like they they talk about how Bambi didn't even have to do anything. Well, she didn't do anything well because <laughs> I apparently put three cans of hairspray in her hair because it was insane. Uh, but yeah, it was it was quick to the point. It was a murder, and we go on. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So I got to break. And they come back. Um. Lance is um, interviewing Lawler, and um, looks like they're at the uh, Miss Alcoholism dressing room. 
And um, the Tyler and then they show the nut busting clip again. Ugh. And then, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then they go to a Alan Rich interview, and um, Rich is really fired up. And um, after they get done, then they cut <clears throat> cut to Bockwinkle, Nick Bockwinkle, doing an interview from the AWA TV set to um, uh, plug the uh, tag match. Uh, then they, after the heat, Bockwinkle is done, uh, they uh, cut back to uh, Lance with the mash plug with Bubba Goliath, Bruno. Um, Bruno's shirt. Did you see his shirt? I, I couldn't see what it said. It was a picture of Soul Train Jones, and it said, <laughs> it, it said, <laughs> brown clown on it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, I, I totally missed that. I got, because I, I sit there and looked, I kept rewinding, and I, 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 I looked at the TV. I just I just kept looking, looking to see what it was, and I found I I got it. I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" I just I was like, "He's got." Here's a picture. Is uh, um, so train jumps because you could see that the 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 big um, the big um, the big hat. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know, actually. Yeah. Hey, you could see that, and then and then you could see Brian. You could you could see um. You could see, you could see brown clown. <laughs> I was like, "Well, oh, there you go." Lord. <laughs> yeah, so that was the highlight. So then they cut back to um, actually the studio. Lance doing the studio. Oh, wait, look, real, real quick, let's let's unpack. We got to hear Bubba talk. Bubba fuck cut a fired up promo, and it was way better than Bruno's until Bubba walks off in anger. Yeah. And Bruno keeps talking. Yeah. So it's super awkward. And then at the end, Bubba awkwardly walks back in for them to finish the promo. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, if they just would have ended it after Bubba talked. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to go back to the Lawler thing real quick, though. Um, Lawler and Lance work so well together. You can tell they've been doing this for years. Yep. They feed off each other so well. It's like a conversation, but it's still entertaining. Yeah, it's... And I'm so happy when we pitched to Idol and Rich that we finally got the full heel Tommy Rich promo. Yeah. You know, complete, complete with the, oh, baby! You know, the real raspy yeah. heel Tommy Rich oh, voice. He was in full-fledged full oh, mode now. It was... I face Tommy Rich is great. Heel Tommy Rich is tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. That, and one last thing, you know, you know, I point out weird things. Lawler's rocking that uh, that Adidas long sleeve, and yeah. this, this reference may be out, out of your generation to get, but it, he looks like he's dressed as the White Power Ranger. Mm. I figured that reference might be lost on you, but I'll send you a picture later of the White Power Ranger, and you'll be like, "Oh my God, it looks just like that outfit." Yeah, yeah it's um, it. Well, remember I told you about that was that was that was not he came back because that's what he was wearing. Um, this whole thing, I'm. When I was watching this, I started writing it down. I was like, 
they have really dropped the ball on every every way possible on this angle. This whole program that was going to, you know, bump the territory. <clears throat> you know, um, I just don't understand. <clears throat> you know, they. I'm sorry, I'm about to choke over here. <laughs> so, my whole thing is though, leading up to this, everything was got messed up. La, la, la. Alan Rich was never there to do TV. Um, just the whole thing was it's just weird the way they handled everything. So, Lawler comes back and he just does a interview from the, I mean, just, it, it just seems... And a pre-tape interview at that. Yeah, it's just nonchalant. Now, <clears throat> the, um, like Nashville, you know, we got a B show. We got a, a, a show and a B show. B show always came on first. Uh, it always came out like on 17 or Channel 30 out of Nashville. Then the uh, full studio show come on uh, Channel 2 or um, like 12, 1 o'clock, something around that time period, uh, time frame. So... When he so they showed on the B show, um, a match the Miss I call Sam. It was uh, Island Rich against uh, Soul Train Jones and um, Snowman, and Lawler runs out, and they just brawl all over the Coliseum, all the way to the back. So that was shown on the B show, and they might have actually showed that on the Memphis. You know, the 90-minute Memphis show. But for the loop, the regular studio show did not, it didn't see anything. So all they know was, oh, Lawler's back because they, you know, do on the match rundowns. So why wouldn't you build that up? He's back. Then he come in the studio, cut a, you know, fiery promo. You know, have Lawler, uh, have least idle or rich at the studio. Make sure one of them's there. Let Lawler come out, you know, just beat the stew. Maybe even have him chase him out of the building. Come out and just cut the fiercest promo ever. No, they don't. What what were they doing? It don't make sense. Uh, yeah, I, I, I see that. I, I definitely see that. Um, and then right after the fiery promo, you could have the Bachwinkle pre-tape that we saw during the uh, yes. during the rundown, which, by the way, I, I didn't say much on that. I've never seen a babyface Bockwinkle promo, I've and that was really, really good. I've seen a few. It just, he doesn't change much. No, no, no. His delivery's always the same, but he, he almost dumbs down his promo a little bit. Yeah. When he works babyface, because yeah. he uses so many big words and everything as a heel, he almost dumbs it down so the average person yeah. can understand it because he doesn't want to seem above them. It is beautifully done. This this guy, Bachwinkle, was a genius. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so they go back to the studio last time, uh, interviews uh, Boy Tony and Bruno. And, um, Here we go. <sighs> So they're doing, you know, doing the whole thing. Uh, I got a side note here. Um, I said, look at boy Tony's trunk, uh, leggings. They're, they're, Tony's getting new tights. Uh, he may have got some early Valentine's Day presents from the ladies. 
but uh, he's looking good, man. Yeah, those leggings were given to me by Tony Falk in 1994. I thought that you had a pair of leggings that looked just like those. <laughs> he gave them to me. He was at Bass Middle School in Nashville, and he he asked. He said he he said I got something for you, and he came over and. He goes, I want you to have these, and he gave me a pair of those, and it was those ones right there. Sure was. So let me ask you, were those actually wrestling tights? Yes. Or were they women's leggings? No, okay. no, they were actually... Um, because Tony has told me that some of those tights were just women's leggings. No, they were, I mean, they weren't K&H or nothing, but it was spandex that, I mean, I don't know what's the difference, I mean... I mean, it was spandex and... I think the only difference is bought off the rack versus have somebody pay somebody too much to make them. Well, I think they were made because... Did they have a drawstring? The truth? They didn't have them then. They ain't saying it wasn't. They didn't have them then, you know, but it, when I got them, they didn't. And I mean, I did they have the holes for a drawstring? I can't remember if they did or not. I can't remember that. Right. Because that's really the only difference yeah. that I, I've ever seen between somebody gets, you know, regular leggings there, or athletic here, tights. There was no tag in them, though. I do know there was not a tag. Right. So I'm thinking they might have been made. Right. But either way, he looked he looked great. Like, I'm glad Tony started getting more new stuff. Yeah. But he, and he's wearing something different. So far, wearing something different every TV. Mm-hmm. And it really helped the boy Tony gimmick because, like, when you're wearing, you know, plain pink leggings and a pa- plain green butcher and some terrible, you know, moo moo. Yeah. And you keep wearing that, it doesn't play so much into the gimmick. Now that he's getting new stuff and somebody, him or somebody else, is actually spending money on the gimmick, it, it, it makes it stand out more. Yeah. Yep. So, um, then they, after they go to the match, it's Boy Tony and Tarzan Goto with Bruno and Tojo. It's Pat Tanaka and Alan West. Referee's Jerry Calhoun. Um, did you notice Alan West ha, ha, looked like a midnight rocker from the AWA? He, he looked like a midnight rocker and Magnum TA had a baby. I'm just saying his gear was totally midnight rockers. Uh, AWA. Yeah, absolutely. First, first AWA run midnight rockers, yeah. Exactly everything. Um, and then I got something from the promo though. Tony's going to take it easy on Pat Tanaka because yeah. he's cute. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's really the first time I he really I remember him actually going, you know, insinuating more homosexual, you know, things. And then during the match, all I got was uh, Bruno. He says we got boy Tony in a Korean. He said like three times. He didn't say Korean, which actually Goto's Japanese, but he kept saying Korean. <laughs> Did you notice that? Well, I thought he was saying we have a beach bum and a Korean saying that Tanaka. Oh, I mean, not, I mean, Tanaka, I'm sorry, not Goto. <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I, I, was, I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, that's, a, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, sorry, Tanaka. <laughs> but he kept saying any way you say it, he's like, Korean. That's <laughs> like... But yeah. Well, it's better than what he said during the promo. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> um... The, um... 
they had the match. It was good. You know, um, West looked, you know, pretty good. For, I mean, it wasn't a long match. Um, they didn't even have a finish, did they? They just went into a. Um, it, it, it was it was a DQ. Yeah, DQ. As soon as uh, as soon as Bruno started, I don't know if he taped or wrapped something around to knock his hands. Yeah. Uh, they they DQ'd it. Um, I just put on here. Uh, Bruno and uh, Goto held Tanaka. Tony put the makeup, and Alan West. Alan West was on the floor, and Tojo was firing him up with that kendo stick. <laughs> Every time Alan West would start to get up, it just drained him with it. <laughs> he was wearing him out over there. <laughs> I was like, "Welcome from to the stories of to- from the stories of Tojo that I've gotten from Reno and whatnot." I think Tojo was probably enjoying that too. Yeah. He's like, welcome to Memphis, kid. That's what he was saying. I'm just what he was saying to him. Welcome to Memphis, kid. <laughs> hey, but during the match, man, Tony was bouncing around like a super yeah. ball. Oh, he, like, he, he said every Tony's week. such an underrated worker. Every week, he, um, if you notice, every week, he's he uh, he gives that baby face some shine in those matches. And, yeah, he's always working hard. And, um, and he's in good shape here, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is. And um, then they um, they come out and make the save. And um, they made, who made the save? I can't. I didn't even write it down. Alan, Alan West. Alan West finally Superman threw the kendo stick okay. shot and actually grabbed the kendo yeah, stick. Yeah, he had from the kendo stick. That's right. He, had, he grabbed the kendo stick. That's right. That's right. I yeah. bet he got chewed out after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they cut the break. Uh, they come back to. Um, um, to Lance and Dave at the desk, and they run down the card results. Uh, and there's another thing. I don't know if you noticed, they didn't edit it out because nope. they actually they run down and they were giving the results, and they said there was a match with the Memphis Vice. So this they didn't cut out. So there was a at least a Memphis Vice match on the Memphis show that was cut out <clears throat> on the uh, loop tape. Um, because I actually mentioned it. So, it goes back to what I've been saying for the last month. Man, whoever's hard is, is not... I don't know. They're not doing <laughs> what they should be doing. Because, I mean, every now and then, you, you, you know, when the boys would slip up and say, you know, Coliseum or something in your mouth, you know, when it's supposed to be a generic. Um, <clears throat> but for them to actually just leave the, you know... Edit that out. I don't know. It just seemed... I don't know. It, it seemed like they needed to put somebody in charge of continuity. Yeah. <laughs> and and they didn't have anybody. It was very fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. What really hurts me about that Memphis and Vice rough and ready match is that they spent a good minute talking about how good it was. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why did you shove it in our face that we didn't get to see it? Yeah. 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 So, um... So that was the show. Um, so someone will talk about some stuff I wrote down. Uh, there was no Paul Diamond on the show, which he might have been on the Memphis um, part of it. Um, Tracy Smothers. Uh, Tracy Smothers is gone from promotion. He is in Florida. Uh, he's at Florida champ- uh, Championship Wrestling from Florida. Uh, I guess, well, no. They cha- did they change the name then? Well, it's just he's in Florida, working in the Florida Territory uh, with um, Steve Armstrong. As a Southern boy, so he has officially left the promotion. 
there was no Soul Train Jones, uh, no match, no interview or nothing, unless it was on the Memphis feed, which with them having a match, they probably had the match um, with the Memphis Vice, and they might have had probably just the Soul Train Jones interview, or they might have had a quick, well, they probably had the matches. Obviously, matches are quick because they don't want them to go long, so they might have had a match on there because I just can't see them not... Um, Having say so he's probably just on the Memphis, but my thing is though you it's like you want to put the your one of your title holders on the loop tape too. You know you don't seem like you want to get him cut even if it was just an interview. You still wouldn't want to you know cut. I the, mean they had the tag team champions on first. Yeah, but it's something like you'd want your um um your international champion. Who has the Southern belt? I just realized that. Nobody so I don't know. I remember, I remember on one of the one of the things we reviewed, they had talked about that they were going to do a tournament yeah. in Louisville. Yeah. But so I, I'm not sure. Yeah. That's I just realized I was like, I they even yeah. I guess I don't know what. The, <laughs> I can say, man, everything is just I. Ugh. It, it don't make nothing. Uh, again, sense. Uh, somebody would somebody in charge of continuity would be great. Yeah, I got on here. It's uh, got um, talking about the Lawler and Rich Angle. Just they've dropped. They like I said they dropped the ball on that. They just don't make sense um, unless they re- unless they did it did a little something more on the Memphis thing. But I don't see how much more they could do because they had the interview, the tape. I don't know. It just uh, then I bet they showed the um, on the Memphis. I bet they showed the. Um, Well, they showed Lawler run off. Well, no, because they couldn't, because it was. Um, so I, I always get these dates because uh, Memphis is ahead. I don't know how because I'm just something. It, what? It, well, he would have been back that week because. Yeah, he would have been back that week. I don't know. It just to me, it just they dropped the ball. It was like I guess they figured. I guess, I don't know where all towns got the the B tape on the loop. So like I said, I know Nashville did. I don't know if. Evansville and Louisville did, um, and even if they, you know, if they got it too, like Nashville, we still can't rely on everybody watching the the A show and the B show. You know what I'm saying? Oh, from yeah. that angle, it just—I just don't understand how if that's going to be the angle that you know gets your territory up. Um, you know, it just like the whoever's booking just seems like it just they're half button it. They don't um, spend no time. They don't think anything out. Um, I did write down that um, I've put out, I've put some posts and stuff asking if anybody knows who the Booker was this time. Nobody's gotten back with me, and I I was thinking, and this helped me remember when Tony gave me those tights. I'm ninety nine percent sure Jerry Jarrett was the Booker at this time because Tony told me that Jerry Jarrett was the one that gave him the gimmick, called him up. Because, uh, uh, you know, he was in there earlier in the in 86 and doing the loser thing. And then um, they, um, ah, how's my phone beeping in? Deadgummit. Um, they, um, then he was gone, you know, they let him go. And then Jerry Jarrett got the book and wanted to come in. And they did the whole, you know, he came up with the whole gimmick and everything. And he told me that and he said then when Lawler got the book, he said Lawler fired him. 
So I'm assuming that if Jerry Jarrett had it in, uh, was it fall of 86, he had it going into winter of 87. So if if Jerry Jarrett, then I put it, it makes sense that this would be Jerry Jarrett because he's a millionaire. Um, he ain't got to worry about his territory. Uh, he's the territory's still making money. Um, the boys are getting screwed. They're not making any money, but he's still making money. Him and Lawler. Um, because even if the Coliseum, Memphis only draws 2,000 people, um, after everything's paid, because all those, like I said, um, you know, Fabs, Seapers wasn't there every week. Alan Rich Charlie wasn't ever there. So you, you got a lot of $50 guys there. Basically, almost a whole card of $50 guys. $40 guys. And if they're, if they're drawing 2,000, that's the least. They're making, drawing more than that. Um, at two thousand, they're still making going home, making good money. Lawler and um, Jarrett, um, you know, and I don't know what Evansville and Louisville was drawn at the time, but I do know Nashville. The uh, few shows that I actually went to, they were still drawing fifteen to two thousand at the fairgrounds. They're still drawing good crowds, so that makes me think. You know, he had the book. He's still making money, so. I think he's just, oh, we'll just, you know, whatever happens, you know, when Lawler gets back, well, you know, that's that's what I'm thinking. My That's what I'm thinking he's, because that's the only thing that can make any sense is, you know, like I always said, people always talk about Vince McMahon, I always say, Vince McMahon don't care, and, and he's making money until he sees a foreclosure sign, and his house in Connecticut, wherever in the house in Florida, and, and wherever the, headquarters are now and he sees some foreclosure signs up and stuff Vincent man don't care he's making money you know what I'm saying and that's the same thing with Jerry Jerry yeah. he's a millionaire he was making still making good good money TV was he was they were still getting paid for TV uh, you know they were still getting a check from the, the, the TV so you know he he, I, he just had I think he, he, he you know had been like he was just like well you know I'm still making money so, you know, we'll just figure out when Lawler gets back. That's what I'm getting from it now. Because, um, like I said, Tony told me that Jerry was booking when... So that, I'm pretty sure he'd still be because still be booking at the time. Because usually they do, they do a booker's six months unless they're, you know, they're really, really hot and the booker would last about a year. And they'd switch it up to give it to Lawler, Jared, or Dundee, Mantell, or, you know, different people at the time, so... Uh, that's what I got from it, and um, uh, it just—it's it, sad because man, they could really—if even with the Lawler being out, they could still did some stuff with Island Rich to, um, uh, keep it—you know—keep Island Rich the heat on them, you know. Yeah, and I can see it too because historically what I've seen um, and what I've read is that Lawler didn't mind spending a little money. And also Lawler was more, and then maybe this is the artist's eye in Lawler, he was more attention to detail. Yes. 
Whereas Jerry is more fly by the seat of your pants. Again, this is just going off what I've read yeah, yeah. Um, from wrestlers who have worked for them. Yeah. Um, so, like, a lot of guys enjoyed when Lawler had the book, but didn't so much when other people had the book, specifically Jerry. Yeah. Uh, so I could, I could definitely see that. I hate the fact that you said once Lawler took over, he fired Tony. Yeah. That breaks my heart. Yeah. But uh, I, I do know, thanks to LT Falk, he posted something on Facebook uh, actually two days ago um, from the next TV that we're going to review. And I'm excited. I went, I went and fast forwarded through the, um, just to see um, see some stuff. Yeah, it's going to be, a, it's, uh, next episode's going to be good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch I didn't watch it, watch I just scanned through it to see. Uh, basically, I was looking to see if uh, um, if uh, Tracy was on there. Basically, what I was doing, and I saw that he wasn't. So that's and then I went and looked up the uh, Florida stuff and saw he was in Florida. And Stan Lane is fixing to leave because I oh, man, I should have wrote this down. I looked it up. I th- was it May? He's gonna leave Memphis. Yeah, I'll leave everybody because he goes to uh, goes to Crockett. Um, okay. So that makes sense because this is around the time that uh, Dennis decided to go home. I want to say I looked it up to get the date, and I forgot to write it down. I want to say it was in May. May he did a, his first Crockett show um, as the Men Express. But um, all right. Well, I looked down. We're at fifty-seven. So is there anything else you want to talk about? I pretty much done with. I want to talk about with the about this show. I liked it. Uh, I just. My own down thing I could really see about this was the disappointment on the Lawler Rich Idol angle, but everything else was pretty good. So what do you got? Yeah, I I, I enjoyed the show. Like like I said, the, the key highlights for me, uh, I got to see heel Tommy Rich, which I love heel Tommy Rich. Um, Austin Idol's promo was great as always, but I, I'm I'm used to expecting that yeah. from from Austin Idol. Uh, I'm enjoying seeing. Uh, Jeff and Billy's kind of growing up in the, in the business. Yeah, um, that that's been fun for me on this. The uh, same with Bubba. I, I see Bubba becoming you know closer and closer to the uh, the tugboat and typhoon that we're all going to be used to. Yeah. Um, oh, let me cut you off. Let me cut. I get this in real fast. We said that. I'll hey, wait till the summer. Bubba goes totally different direction. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I decided to say that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, and and in, anytime I get to see Tony Falk, like, you'll hear all the old school guys put over Tony Falk. Mm-hmm. And it, people will look at Tony and be like, why? This is why. Yep. Tony Falk in the ring is tremendous. He'll do anything. People nowadays all talk about, you do it for the love of the business. You do it for the love of the business. Guys at this time did it for money. Yep. But Tony Falk loved the business. Yep. Yep. 100%. Yep. All right, we got about 30 seconds. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, let us know what you like, what we can improve on, everything. Just leave it on the Facebook page uh, or on uh, JP's office, social media. Um, but um, next week we'll we'll do the um, uh, February twenty first twenty yeah my, my throat's been clogging up today for some reason uh, anyway <laughs> yeah thanks for listening everybody um, 
Uh, for Quint Charisma, hey, that's me, Jeremiah Plunkett. Thanks for listening. God bless. Bye-bye, everybody.